We love the fact that you're here this morning. We love the fact that you, you came and you're here to hear the message of hope of Jesus Christ. I pray that when you walk out the door this morning, you know how much God loves you personally. Um, if you jump in this morning, we've got a lot to cover today. Uh, jump in and open your books, your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 14 this morning. Matthew chapter 14, starting at verse 21. If you grab the orange Bible on the way in, you will find it on page 6. Uh, 68, 668. If you grabbed an orange Bible and you came in and you don't have a Bible of your own, please take that as our gift for you. We believe in the Word of God. We want to have a copy of it in your hands. If you walked by those Bibles when you came in this morning and you don't have a Bible, please grab one. We want to give that to you as well. Um, Over the past several weeks, we've been digging into our lives through the lens of Scripture identifying how God has called us to be a people of faith, how we're called to live out in faith. Faith is not fueled by our own efforts, but faith that's fueled by a mighty God and has the ability to radically change the direction of our lives, has the power and, and a God of God behind it to change us and move us in a direction that we never dreamed possible, we never thought was possible. And so we've been walking through this series of crazy faith, trying to build the steps and know how we can live it out in our lives. And we started a couple weeks ago with, with baby faith. Like that's the first step of walking towards crazy faith is baby faith. That we are taking God at his word. That when he says it, we can believe it. That we walk through life that we're depending on him. That we're trusting in him. And we're coming to him to ask him pretty much anything. Because he is our heavenly father and he loves us. That is our first steps. Last week we talked about maybe faith. Maybe faith. What is that? It may be God till it's proven to be God. And if he, they walk in through this, understand that God may be calling us out, that God is speaking to us. And we talked about having faith at 51%. At 51%, not 50%, but 51%. That 1% is a tipping point in our lives. And it could be a catalyst in our lives to truly live out the life that God has for us. That we keep on moving forward, trusting in Him. But what happens next is pretty much normal for all of us. We come to the point we believe. We have trust. We have some kind of faith going on in our lives. We're, we're stepping forward. We're, we're a little bit crazy excited. We're, we are crazy nervous. And then what happens is we hit some resistance. We hit some storms and some trial. We stepped out like Moses, right? Moses, who, who was stepped out in faith and brought over a million people out of captivity in Egypt. And he's walking along. He's leading them into freedom. And he comes up to a shoreline that seems uncrossable. And then he turns around and sees this raging lunatic coming at him with a massive army. And he's like, what am I going to do next? I hit some resistance. We're like him. We're standing there and we're moving forward, trusting God. We're like, I'm doing this, Lord. I'm doing this, Lord. But then we hit a trial. We hit a a storm in life. Something steps in front of us as we walk through the process. So what do we do? What do we do when we're doing that? We're, We're stepping out in faith and we hit a trial or a storm in life. What do we do? Well, I tell you what most people do. They quit. When they hit resistance, they stop. And unfortunately, adversity inside the church has become something we submit to versus triumph over in Jesus Christ. 
No, because we are called out. God is calling us to this abundant life, right? He wants us to have his life. Step out in crazy faith. When we hit resistance, what's happening in the church right now across our country, when adversity hits, we submit to it versus overcome it in Jesus' name. And that's where our, our next step of faith comes from this morning. Wavy faith. Wavy faith. Believing in God enough to follow him beyond what seems reasonable. Believing in God enough. So when we hit that resistance, we are going to push through. We're not going to shrink back. We're going to dig in and push through to what he has for us as his children. Listen, if Ephesians 3.20 says, tells us that now to him, God, who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, and according to his power that's working within us, that would make sense that when God is calling us out, he's saying, I want you to follow my leading. I want you to step out in great faith that when you and I, when we hit resistance, that God's already got a plan. God's already got a plan for us to go over the wall, around the wall, or even through the wall. Because that's the sovereignty of God. He has got the plan. And because he can see further down the road we can, and we also can understand that his way and his plan is perfect. So we stand our ground. When adversity hits, we don't just stand our ground. In fact, we actually we move forward. When the storms against our faith journey hit, we still move forward. Friends, that is wavy faith. That is what wavy faith means. That's the type of faith that the followers of Jesus need. If we really want to get to the point where we're living in crazy faith, when resistance comes, when trials come, when the storms of life hit, we are still moving forward because we believe in God beyond what, what we believe is reasonable. In fact, one of the greatest theologians of our time, Rocky Balboa, said this. Um, love that dude. He said, nobody hits hard as life. Nobody hits hard as life, but it's not about how hard you hit. Now, if you know Rocky, he didn't say not. He said, ain't. It ain't about how hard as you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much can you take and keep moving forward? Friends, that's wavy faith. That's wavy faith. Getting hit with the things in this thing called life and still moving forward because we believe in, we hold to, and trust in an awesome God. That he has got the plan on the other side. He knows what we're facing. And so this morning, we're stepping into a passage of Scripture that's going to walk us through this idea of, of wavy faith. And it's probably one of my most favorite passages in all Scripture. In fact, yesterday when I was mowing, walking through and praying through this segment, I could probably preach this Scripture four weeks in a row. It's absolutely one of my favorites. And you're probably thinking, please don't. Can you preach something next week that's different? I will. But anyways, it's one of my favorite passages. You know, as you're opening up right now, you're going to see right before we're getting into this morning, uh, Jesus did something absolutely amazing. He, he fed over 5,000 people with a few loaves of bread and two fish. You know, he, not only did that, he walked around and, and he fed everybody. And every, it says everybody was satisfied. And he sent his disciples out to pick up the leftovers, right? They took these leftovers and they made some Lunchables for later. And they were going to bring them with them. And then it says Jesus sent them across the, across the sea. 
And he said it would be on and spent time, and he went and spent time with the Father after he sent his people. So if your Bible's open, look at verse 22, chapter 14 with me. It says, immediately, immediately after Jesus did all these things and fed all these peoples, he made his disciples get in the boat. He made his disciples get in the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went on the mountainside by himself to pray. Let's just stop right there. Friends, if we were to read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books of the New Testament, we would often see Jesus going, spending time with the Father in prayer. It was foundational in his ministry and his walk on earth. And he was going to the Father. The Father was preparing him spiritually for what he was about to do naturally that he couldn't do otherwise. Let me rephrase that. Jesus was spiritually preparing to stand where others would naturally drown. Spiritually preparing, going to the Father and praying. Spiritually preparing, going in front of some ways where we would naturally drown. Jesus said, I knew it need, I need to be belong before the Father, and so don't we, friends. We need to spiritually prepare to go where Jesus wants us to go, where we can't naturally stand on our own. But too often we try to go there on our own strength, and what we need to do is stand before God and come before and surrender in prayer. Look what it says later on. Verse 23 says, later on that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Let's stop there again. It was, it was, it was already considerable distance from the land, and they were fighting. Friends, understand, these were, these were experienced fishermen. They've experienced these kind of storms before. Facing impossible headwinds against an angry sea. In fact, I, I hear the word buffeted, and I had to go look it up. Because I see that word, and I think buffet, and I'm thinking, sweet. <laughs> We're all getting our filled again, right? That's not what it means. That word buffeted means torture, torment, push against, hardship. So these experienced fishermen were going at it with everything they had, and they were getting almost nowhere. They were far beyond their own strength, and they are far beyond their own ability. And I read this, and I have to ask, why? Why, why would Jesus send them? Why would God put them in this situation? Why would he tell him to go? Again, he made them go. He says, get in this boat and go across the sea. He told them what to do. Why would they put him in this situation? What if? What if it was a setup? What if it was a setup? What if God sent him into this stage Right, send him into this storm that he was setting the stage for one of the greatest opportunities of faith they could see, and he pulled off one of the greatest miracles in history. What if that's what he was doing? He was setting the stage not only to reveal to them, but to reveal to us. Point number one. What if the scene of your greatest storm is the setting of your greatest breakthrough? What if that's the case? What if God was setting us up 
the storm in our life, in our faith journey, doesn't mean that God's not in it. It just means he's setting this stage. He's going to lead us through to the other side, one of the greatest breakthroughs in faith that we've ever experienced in our walk with him. What if that was the case? What if the job that you're in right now that has you completely frustrated is a storm of purpose in your life? A storm of purpose is actually calling you out to step out and pounding in your heart to make some changes. Maybe, maybe you wouldn't have made the move if it wasn't so bad. Maybe if the job that you're in was absolutely just tolerable that you wouldn't step out in great faith and do what God's calling you to do. Maybe you wouldn't have broken up with that person and started living for Jesus if you didn't open up their history and see some of the things they've been doing. Maybe you didn't get that promotion. You've been like, come on, why didn't I get it? I've been here the longest. I'm working really hard. But maybe you didn't get that promotion so you can go home and invest in your children at your house. God said, yeah, that's important. I understand that. But those kids at home, yeah, that's where we need to spend some time. Maybe you wouldn't have started the next chapter of your life if you didn't get let go. Maybe the storm, whatever it is, whatever you are walking through, is the only thing that's going to put you in a position to push you into what God has for your life. Friends, if we don't believe that God is working all things, let me just say that again, all things for the good for those who love him according to his purposes, then we will always look at the storms of our life as obstacles. We'll never see them as opportunities that God is calling us to be richer in our faith, dig in deeper in our faith, and go to where he wants us to go. We will always be overcome by fear. We always will doubt and question him and that if he absolutely loves us, we will always shrink back instead of foraging forward. Again, in the church, Christians, when it comes to adversity, we're submitting to it than triumphing over it too often. And we're missing the life that Jesus has for us. Amen? Look at verse 25. It says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out, for, went out from them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost. I always want to cry. It's a ghost. No, but, uh, they said, they cried out with fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid, let's stop there again. He, they're stepping out, they're dealing with a storm, they think they see a ghost, they're freaking out inside and outside and all around them. And it, what we see is Jesus says, oh, don't be afraid. It is I, I am here. Confir confirmation for us to not let fear win in our lives when we're in the middle of a storm. Confirmation that the Lord is nearest no matter what we're facing. Confirmation that when the storm hits, God is present. That in our walk with Jesus, we are never alone. No matter if it's easy street or if it's hardship. God is with us. And then Peter replied, Lord, Lord, if it's you, 
tell me to come on the water. We're in this boat, and we've been fighting the storm all night long. We're, we're scared, we're crying out, and you tell us that you, Lord, if it's you, call me out in the water. Tell me that's not maybe faith. That it may be God, right? Lord, if it's you, if it's maybe you, Peter, living at 51%. He saw Jesus. He wanted to be with him. It's okay. If this is true, if you who I'm looking at, you're saying, tell me to come. I'm going to ask you, Jesus, to do something absolutely crazy. Give me the instruction to come to you. Give me the strength to trust in you. Give me the strength to step out in faith, believe that it's possible. And Jesus responds with one word. Come. Come. Right now, that's what God's saying to so many of you is in this room. Come. I, this thing that I've been hitting in your heart and calling you out, why don't you step in to trust me and come around through this storm, this hardship, whatever it may be, will you just come? Will you step out in faith, wavy faith, in the middle of the storm and come to him anyways? Well, what did Peter do? He's standing there, middle of a storm, calls out to Jesus, asks him absolutely something crazy. What does that say? Peter got out of the boat and walked on water and came towards Jesus. Friends, if that doesn't blow your mind, I'm not sure what will. Peter got out of the boat and walked on water. was seemed to be absolutely beyond what is reasonable. From our perspective, was absolutely possible from Jesus' perspective. Something new. Something amazing. Something that had never been done before except for Jesus who was in front of him. I mean, it wasn't a common thing, friends, for people to walk on water. You didn't go down to the seashore and go fishing and say, hey, there's George walking across the ocean. Hey, what's up, George? It wasn't natural. So something new, something amazing was happening. Jesus was doing, he is God. And he called out Peter. He was like, I'm, I'm, this is crazy. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But he did it. God was doing something new. Wavy faith. What if the scene of our greatest storm is the setting of our greatest breakthrough? And what if, what if wavy faith believes that God could do something new through me? We go through life over and over again living like that's all that's possible. I've tried and failed or I've been told I can't. What if God's calling you out saying you can with me? I'm going to do something new in your life. I'm going to do something amazing in your life. But you need to fight through this storm. 
God doesn't change, friends. He's the same today as he was yesterday. He'll be the same tomorrow as he is today. And he can do things that's beyond our understanding. In fact, if you were to pick up this book and to read it, church, read your Read your Bibles. If you were to read them, you would see over and over again how God steps into lives of faith and does amazing things, and the outcomes are something we cannot comprehend because God is the only one who can make it possible. No one goes into a den of lions and comes out without a scratch. Well, God did something new with Daniel. Daniel had a storm in his life, sitting in a den of lions. What? God shut their mouths. He didn't get touched. It had never been done before. People don't walk into raging furnaces and come out unharmed. Or even not even smelling like smoke. But God stepped into the lives of three Hebrew boys who lived their life by faith and did just that. Walls don't just fall down because you sing around them and blow your horns. Well, maybe if I sing, walls will fall. But God did something new and something amazing at Jericho with Joshua. Seas just don't part themselves because we desire to get the other side in safety. But he did that for Moses and the Israelites. Women don't have children in their 90s. But God did something new with Sarai. And dead men don't go into a tomb and walk out three days later. Unless God was going to do something new, God was going to do something amazing, and he did that in Jesus Christ. So we have a choice. We can see the storm as an obstacle. We can see it as something that's going to shrink back and push us back in a corner. Or we can step with wavy faith, thinking, it's, okay, God's going to do something through this. He can do something through new me in me, and I'm going to get my butt out of the boat. Too many Christians live their lives in the boat. We believe in this amazing thing called sweet salvation. That God can take in a broken, dead soul and raise it to new life. That God sent his one and only son to die on the cross for my sin, your sin, all sin. Then he went into the grave and he rose three days later. In our faith, we surrender our lives to him and we receive this free gift of eternal life. We believe that, but we have become so shallow in our faith, that's the only place it sits. We never step out. We never call out. Why? Because it gets too hard. It gets too tough. That's life. God, call me out. Lead me out. And when you get out, don't look back. Don't look around. Don't look down. Don't look at the storm. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of what? Your faith. 
and believe that he's getting ready to do something amazing and new in you. Continue reading in verse 30. But when he, who's he? Peter. Peter got out of the boat. He was walking towards Jesus, doing some absolutely miraculous stuff by walking on water. But when he got out of the boat, he looked at the wind. He looked at the storm and he was afraid. And he began to sink. And as he was sinking, he cried out, Lord, save me. Save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And he says these four words that frustrate me, you of little faith. Why do you doubt? And that little faith, again, is not the quantity of faith. It's the quality of faith. You of poor faith. You of weak faith. Peter, what were you just doing? Something that no one has ever done before. And then you see this storm. And what you do? You took your eyes off of me and put a face right on the storm. And you start crying out in fear once more. You of little faith. And what I love about how God shares is why he shares this. Because a lot of us, all of us, are just like Peter. I know we pick on Peter a lot. He said, this dude's got foot and mouth disease. He talks all these stinking things all the time. He doesn't know what he's saying. But that's us. We come, sometimes God calls us out. We're like, yeah, this is amazing. But as soon as it gets hard, we start shrinking. We start sinking. And what we need to do is cry out, Lord, Lord, save me. Pull me out from myself. Pull me out from my doubt. Help me overcome my unbelief. And what does it say? He is there. He is present. His hand is right there pulling us out saying, walk with me by faith. Verse 32, it says, when they climbed in the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped. Come on. Those who were in the boat worshipped. They worshipped him saying, truly you are the son of God. And this is the third point this morning. Exposure to wavy faith will, will ruin your excuses. It wasn't just Peter that was worshiping. It was all of them that were worshiping. They just watched something absolutely amazing. Storm going on. Peter walking on water. And when they're seeing it, oh my word, we're just going to praise him. We're going to worship him. You are the son of God. You are who you say you are. That should be our response too. Peter was real. He lived a life. God kept it in his book and preserved it so we can read it and learn it and understand it and believe it and live it. We've all had friends in our lives that have fought through storms and got to the other side. We're like, that's, that's what it means to follow Jesus. When we are exposed either through God, through his word, or through friends, or through family, when it comes to living 
wavy faith out in our lives. It crushes our excuses not to do the same. Because the same God who worked in Peter's life is the same God who worked in your friend's life is the same God who wants to work in your life. Yet Peter was the only one who got out of the boat. Too many of us are still sitting in the boat. We're worshiping. We're believing. But maybe it's time for us to get out. For many of us in this room, we are the problem that we face is that invitation to come doesn't seem to be enough for us. We hear these things, we read these faith stories, we're talking about it here, preaching a Sunday morning, we see in the lives of others, we say, okay, God and his promises, yeah, they're going to work for other people, not me. That big faith stuff, that's for other people, that's for pastors, that's for church people who've been walking as a deeper relationship with, for Jesus than I do, and that's junk. It's for you. If you're in this room, and you've given your life to Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of your life. That is for you too. And if you're in this room and you have not given your life to Jesus Christ and you're wondering what you need to do, that is for you. Your wavy faith moment is stepping into a relationship. And right now, maybe you're sitting there straining, rowing against the storm, And it's time to get out of that boat because you're missing the best life that Jesus has for you. We have the word of truth. We have testimony of his lives lived around us. We've been exposed to this. We just have to decide what are we going to do? What are we going to do? If we believe, if we trust, if we're like Peter, like in asking, and God gives us the answer and says, Come, what are we going to do? Are we going to shrink back? Are we going to submit to adversity? Say, you control, you lead. Are we going to step up, believing that God already has the plan, and push through, and take a hold of the life that's truly life in Jesus Christ? You know what's beautiful about this this morning? I can't decide for you. I know what God wants, but you have to decide for yourself. You have to believe. You have to be willing to take that step of wavy faith, trusting in God, going beyond what it seems reasonable, knowing that he is on the other side.
Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you, Lord, for loving us so much that you sent your son, Jesus Christ. God, you know, this is very difficult because we all face hardship at one level, at different levels at one point in lives, our lives. But God, we, you are a God who is constant. You're a God who is real. You're a God who is faithful. You're a God who is present through everything that we face. And Lord, I just take this time to lift us up as your church, your called out people, to live lives that are testimony that Jesus does change everything. And Lord, I know we're going to hit those hardships. I know we're going to deal with those trials. I know we're going to hit those storms in life. But Lord, we believe in you. We believe in the strength you provide. We believe in the plan that you have written. We believe that you are with us and you're on the other side. So God, I pray for this morning, no matter what we are walking through as a church, that we can submit that to you this morning. That whatever we're facing will become before you. In fact, right now, I'm going to call our prayer team to come forward. If you're in this room and you're walking through this hardship, you're dealing with this personally, you're fighting it and you're weak and you feel like I just can't go through, come forward. Let us pray with you. Let's call on the Lord of, of creation to work in your life, to help you overcome it, to give you the courage and the strength to fight whatever you're walking through. But don't walk out those doors thinking you're going to face it on your own because that's not the church. And maybe you're in this room and you do not have a relationship with Jesus. And your overcoming wavy faith this morning is stepping out of that boat and accepting him as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to call you to come forward and to pray with our prayer team. Don't walk out those doors again on your own. All of us, either with Jesus or without Jesus, need to figure out how to spiritually prepare to stand where naturally without Jesus we would drown. So God, I lift this to you knowing that you're the only one who can walk us through this. So God, I know you're calling us all out individually this morning. May we be willing to faithfully follow you and take that step of wavy faith. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen.